even just the standard pre-contact now holds its own pretty well. Yeah. That or you and I are just really bad at making decks. Well, two things can be true. (laughs) Hey guys, welcome back to Casual Commander. I'm Chris. And I'm Tim. Season four, here we go. You know what? I'm going to start this season by thanking all of you, all of our listeners, for everything you do for us. Oh without God, you, it again. <laughs> without you, we'd be nowhere. It's like he took a breath at the end of the last episode of season three, and just we immediately started recording episode one of season four. I have been holding my breath for three weeks. <laughs> Doubt it. You're still alive. <laughs> That's whew, good lungs, baby. Yeah. Okay. No, I figured I would say that because I know it would annoy you. Anyway, season four, off to a good start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happy 2024, everyone. I hope you guys had a wonderful holiday. I know mm-hmm. I'm happy to be back here in the recording studio. I AKA hope Santa my brought basement. You. Yeah. I hope Santa brought you all of your favorite toys and, and, uh, uh, crap. I can't think of the gifts from Whoville. Who trumpets and who woos its and what's its? Did you have a roast beast? I didn't have a roast beast. I'm not a mm. I'm not a big roast beast guy. Mm. Roast Mr. Beast. Mr. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh god, could you imagine if he did a show that was like, for a million dollars, eat my arm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Mr. Beast, and everyone here is gonna eat a piece of me. <laughs> Whoever eats the most gets a million dollars. I found this starving child, and I'm going to give him my leg. You've been watching too much Meat Canyon, haven't you? Did Meat Canyon do? I have seen some Meat Canyon stuff. Did they do a Mr. Beast thing? They did have a Mr. Beast episode, actually. Uh, and was he a cannibal? No, he was. Uh, where was he? He was at like a children's hospital helping a cancer patient. Oh, God. And he was like, you can either find the cure for cancer or get $10,000 and a new car. <laughs> oh god yeah it was it was weird. i don't want to know <laughs> yeah it was weird uh but also when is a meat canyon anyway yeah. so 2024 lots of great content coming your guys way this uh we wanted to start off with an interesting topic something that tim and i i wouldn't say necessarily constantly battle with but it's something that definitely comes up while we build our decks mm-hmm. uh before we get into that i want to make a quick mention uh, Tim, have you been following along with this whole AI controversy in Wizards right now? I have. I had, I hadn't seen anything on it. Um, but to be fair, I haven't been on like much magic related stuff over our break, so I just mm-hmm. haven't seen. So so no, you uh, you mentioned it, and I was like, I have no idea what's going on. I'll, I'll tell you what, man. It's been a couple bad beats for Wizards. You okay. know, like so Hasbro just laid off a bunch of Wizards people. I remember I did know about that. Right. So not a good look on Hasbro's side. Uh. And then there's this whole that. Oh, and another thing, too. They also are changing how they do secret layers. I did see that as well. Secret layers are no longer print to demand. Secret layers are now print in batches. Which is going to drive up demand, I guess. Right. Because the the the. It's going to drive up the price of secret layers because the pool is going to be less. 
right? So now scalpers can just buy out all of the secret layers mm. instead of like if before, you know, used to go on and if a million people ordered that secret layer, they would print a million of them. Yeah. Now wizard says, you know what? We'll make 500,000. And when they sell out, we might make more. It's almost like they want scalpers. Yeah. It's almost so it, as it if is. scalpers are good for everyone but the consumer. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> and right. this this kind of actually does play into the topic for today. But anyway, the, the final thing is the AI. So essentially a bunch of slu- internet detectives figured out that uh, Wizards uh, the PR were using portions of AI-generated images in their like promotional images. Okay. So Wizards recently put out an apology, talked about it. I have a feeling what probably happened was an artist working on them used the new like tool from the the new tool from Photoshop that kind of does like pre-generated randomly gen- or, like generated imagery and submitted that and some guy on the PR team at Wizards missed it and then the internet found it. The part of my how did people find out like, how do you, I mean, sometimes AI is obvious, right? Because there would be like an arm just there that wasn't part of the person's body. So, you know, stuff like that. So that's, that's a good question because from what I've read, it, it seems as if when AI gem- generates images, right, it's mm-hmm. very focused on one location, like a focal point, right? Like if you type in mm-hmm. an image, it's like, I want to see. Uh, there was a thing I saw this on Reddit, so it's just popping in my mind. I want to see Waldo at a beach. Sure. Right? They're, they're, they're going to make Waldo at the beach, and it's going to attract your eye, but then the algorithm doesn't care about anything else. So as long as it kind of looks okay, your mm. brain processes it as okay. But if you look at it, like you really look into it, you start to see weird stuff. Like you said, like there's someone in the background has a third arm, mm. or there's a floating soda can or something stupid, but just, just enough to make it look not right. Yeah. And so I think that's what people figured out is, you know, like they'll see what look like patterns or, or strange images or just slightly off stuff Mm -hmm. to say, this is probably AI generated. Mm. And so that then opens up the question. uh, Should, should we pay for that? Should wizards pay for that? Should, yeah. should they only be getting artists work, right? That's that opened up yeah. a whole can of worms. So Wizards basically did their apology, send out the tweets apologizing for it, said they'll figure it out. Everyone's still up in arms about it. I, I'm not about to get into cybernet discussions on AI. We could have a whole episode on that. No, I don't want to talk about AI implications, at least in outside of the realm of Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go back to Kamigawa for that one. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, I understand artists being mad because this is, you know, everyone has been concerned that AI is going to be coming for jobs. And this is an instance where AI has essentially taken the place someone's job, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. But what I also don't know is it just to me seems is there is there AI that you can put an image in and say, hey, detect this AI? Is this an AI image? Because if someone just hands me an image and I don't catch it and I'm Wizards of the Coast or whoever is in charge of that at Wizards of the Coast, 
And I'm just like, yeah, this looks good. Promotional, throw it out there. It's not on a card. It's not being sold. Like, what are they supposed to do? And if they're going to need, if they need something like AI to catch AI, are they supposed to not use the AI? Should they be hiring someone who whose sole job it is to use their eyeballs to use <laughs> AI to An see AI? <laughs> An eye. It's not a good joke, then, Chris. <laughs> I, anyway, I, I'm 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 split 50-50. Like obviously I fully support the artists. Yeah. Right. But I also understand sometimes something slips through the cracks and these new softwares like the Photoshops and whatnot, they have so many amazing tools now that make artists' life easy. And yeah. so let's say I I just create an art piece, but I use some of those tools that Photoshop uses. Is that AI? Mm. You know, am I using AI? Is this if 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 you know I'm just trying to put something together quickly? Yeah. Like and, where where do you draw the line? And at some point I'm sure Wizards is gonna get into the debacle of they go to an artist and it turns out the artist is using AI to come up with some of these things. Like I I'm not saying any current Wizards artists do that. I'm saying there will come a time when that happens, right? Like it just Yeah, no, it's been down. it's happened and they stop working oh, with so that artist. Oh, did they? Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it happened before I even heard about it. <laughs> yeah, so, like, every once in a while, someone will figure out, this art is a copy of this person's art, and it was, like, determined that AI was used to make a map and whatnot, and they just gotcha. cut ties with that artist. And you remember when we talked to Christopher Burdett, how, mm -hmm. how cutthroat the industry is to get into Wizards. Yeah, true. Just to even get art. I mean, I wonder if Wizards is going to eventually just say, you know what, fine, all physical media, no more digital. I possibly yeah like that'd be tough that, yeah well that's the the currently the last bastion of like non non-human thought or sorry of human like the last bastion against non-human thought is the the physical making of the art right like the mm -hmm. person drawing it yeah. so you kind of have to like and that's gonna that's gonna drive up costs that's gonna like cause a problem yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of stuck on this one too. I absolutely think that them using AI is a direction I don't want them to go, and mm -hmm. I want artists to not have to feel like they're going to be replaced by a computer. But I feel like this. I don't know if I would like. I'm concerned people are like freaking out over like, oh, this is the end. When maybe you just slip through the cracks. I don't know. Like, I I kind of agree with you. I think, like I said, I think some artists decided that this tool is cool. Let me just use it. It ended up being an AI tool. Yeah. Uh, an intern at the wizards PR team didn't cross reference it and just slapped a logo on and called it a day. It's a Tuesday. Yeah. And now here we are. So obviously I still su support the artists. I love the yeah. unique art and the different styles of art. I don't want a homogenized art style. I really like that. Each card has its own feel. Yeah. But, I agree. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. AI is one of those things, man. I feel like we're going to be talking about it a bunch in the years to come. But, like, I, it's not going anywhere, is my point. Like, Yeah. And we, we, we joked about this, Tim. Uh, I, we were talking about maybe doing an episode. Some people have done this already, where the episode is just an entirely AI-generated script for Tim and I. 
Oh yeah, yeah. We made that joke. We made that a, joke. A that would be funny. Like, what if we just like slipped it in in the middle of a season and no one see if anybody was able to figure it out? I feel like it just absolutely would get caught out. Oh, without I'm, a doubt. Like I'm, on the opening sentence. I'm down to try it. But then, are Chris? Are we just as bad if we do that? <laughs> no, because it's us parroting us. The oh, the people losing our jobs. We don't are have. Us. We don't have writers. <laughs> okay t- we don't have a you, team of you, crack writers the, the the quality of the mythic rare kissers the episode wasn't written by professionals i don't think it was i don't think professionals said you know what let's make these two idiots argue about red sauce do you think that like two like Neanderthals like you and me <laughs> could come up with the idea to make Essica the overall winner of 2023 a year? I don't even think she came out in. She did. Oh, was it early? She was still. a mom. Yeah, still. <laughs> but you're right. It, that took real writers. Yeah, that took real producers. We have Joe. Hold on. Hold on. Our, our sound booth right now is asking us to say that again. It didn't. Oh. It didn't come through clearly. Mm-hmm. We have Joe Coy's writers writing all of our jokes for us. Oh, God. No wonder they all suck. No wonder they all suck. Anyway, all right. Uh, Topic today. This is something that I'm constantly battling because I'm not rich. But you spend money on magic cards like you are rich, Chris. Not really. I've really slowed down. I haven't even pre-ordered a box of Carla. I did not. So I think Ravnica Remastered is out and I did not buy a box. Oh, I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. So proud. I just can't afford it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just I just can't anymore. Yeah. So so the topic today, this is a this is a topic actually suggested by one of our listeners. Thank you, Zane, is the the balance between a budget player and a not budget player. Mm. How, how can you still make those two mesh at a table? Right. So, so we've talked about this before. There are cards out there that just instantly make your deck better. Yeah. Right. So like you put a mana crypt in your deck, you put an ancient tomb in your deck, you put, uh, I don't know, doubling season, just random cards like that. Your deck in most cases, will be better, right? Yeah. Fetch lands, dual lands, shock lands. Your deck is better. Mm-hmm. But not everyone is able to afford shocks. Not everyone is able to afford duels. Not ever, Definitely not everyone can afford duels. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone. A, a lot of people have a hard time being able to purchase doubling season, right? These cards are expensive. So I... It's tough, man. Like, it really is because you have friends who have been playing for a really long time and their name is Chris and they have all these good cards that they can just throw in their deck. <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> um, and you don't want to drop like 80 bucks on, on like four cards. So I think there's a couple different tactics I think you can employ. And here's what I do from the, the vault of, of Tim's pet. Oh, boy. And we can go through each of your tactics. Yeah, I've only got two. No, <laughs> that's not each. That's it is each. You said a. You I said, said a few. Several. You said a few. Few. I is said three I or said more. It. Okay, fine. I'll come up with a third one as I'm talking. Thank you. So how I do most of my content anyway. 
Okay, the first legitimate one is whenever I go somewhere, most of the time, if I'm thinking about it, I bring a couple jank decks and a couple higher power decks. And I know for, for that's not going to work for everyone, because some people are like, I can't even make the first high-powered deck, right? Like, it's just not in my budget. So I get that. So this one's more for people who just don't want to make, continually make uh, higher-powered decks. And even the ones that I have are not necessarily, like, super high-powered. Like, I don't have any Mana Crypts, I don't have any Dual Lands, stuff like that. But you can make high-powered things by coming, like, adding in, like, stronger combos, like, that that may may or may not be more expensive, right? Like, a Thassa combo I don't think is, like, super expensive. I don't, I think she's, like, ten bucks. Yeah, and I I don't know what Demonic Consultation is, but... It's not that much. Yeah. So, like, combos like that, while boring, increase your the likelihood that you can win. Right? Oh, so, wow. Demonic Consultation is over 15 bucks now. Is it, okay, well, so it's a, it's a little bit more expensive, but that's not... That's still a third of the cost of a Mana Crypt. Like, Mana Crypt's not going to win you the game. Mana Crypt's going to help you play the cards that are going to win you the game. It's a $30 combo, dude. I mean, that's, that's expe- I, I <laughs> guess. Why don't we set, why don't, before we really get into it, what is budget? Oh, I, but I, well, I don't think you can. Re- Do you consider $30 budget? No, Maybe. I think, I, I think that's a tough question to answer because budget is subjective. Mm-hmm. A lot of I've, what I've seen a lot of pods do is set a dollar limit on the deck as a whole. If you really want to stay within a budget, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean good. Mm-hmm. So, so for example, let's say we as a pod agree that the next deck we build, the cards at the time of purchase cannot total more than $150. Okay. Right. Like that's setting a budget. That's in effect the definition of a budget. Are you? No, I don't agree with the at the time of purchase because then you will get the person who's like, I bought these a hundred years ago when they were a penny, and then they've got eight dual lands in there, and they were just at the time of deck building. Sorry, at the time, at the time of when, playing. At the time of playing, sure. Okay, yeah. I guess that's that's the correct way to do it. Maybe yeah. not buying, but at the time of playing, this deck's value is a hundred and x uh, x dollars or less. Yeah, I I like that, but that one is tough because that's fluctuating. You know, like you may have a deck that hits one hundred fifty, and then someone does a buyout of a certain card, and then like it skyrockets. You know, it's mm-hmm. that's that's a niche scenario, but a non-zero chance of that happening. Sure, right. But I th- I think that's fair. Like you could even do a range, you know, like it, so mm-hmm. just to get get rid of the fluctuating portion of it, you know, like hundred fifty to hundred seventy dollars. Mm-hmm. So I I guess if you look at the total, the deck totals of the decks that I build, right? I don't have any. I don't maybe, but Livers. most of my slivers might be over a thousand. But that's because I put some like nice upgrades in it. Yeah squirrels are close but i mean but but i mean by nice upgrades i mean i got like alternate arts and secret layers and stuff. yeah right like if there was not a sliver queen in that deck that deck would be sub 300 dollars. really sliver queen is 700 dollars. she's like well 
the deck definitely has gone down in value since the okay. last time you probably looked. I'd say the deck is probably close to eight hundred and fifty dollars now. Okay, right. I think that's fair. And you could just you could go off base price like of cards. You know, you don't have to like do sure this one card. Like if I put the one ring in a deck, my deck is not two million dollars. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, okay, it is, but like it's not, but not powered. Really. Yeah. And so this this is the good question though. I think right there, right? How much does the one ring do I actually have to buy it to make my deck much better? I think for the one ring, no, obviously. But I think there are cards that you don't have to, but they just do what other cards do, but just so much better, right? Agreed. And and I think part of building a budget deck is recognizing that, yes, this card is better, but I could get two-thirds of that card for 10 cents. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I I think my my thing when I talk to decks, when I talk about decks, usually the price for me isn't always an issue. Obviously, sometimes it is because you know, I play with with you and with my friend Adam and and they you guys have been playing for much longer so you have some of the high power cards just by having them, right? Mm-hmm. Um and Adam Adam always like says when we play with him, he's like, I actually have these cards, but I proxy them because I don't want to physically put that in. I want to I put those in a safe, you know, <laughs> fair. Does Adam um, have a bunch of duels? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, he I mean, he's Is he single. Like, uh, at the moment, no. Dang but it. He, when he was he bought. Oh, you were OK. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you meant like would his significant other like not allow him to buy them? No, <laughs> no. So at any rate, Adam's decks are very, very good. But I don't think a dual land is going to win you the game. I don't think a mana crypt is going to win you the game. It's if anything, it's gonna make your arch enemy. And that was gonna be my that's my my thing number two. Oh is okay. whenever we play with against Adam, we all just kind of gang up on Adam. <laughs> May- Sometimes because he's playing uh, Nicole Bolas uh, Destructions deck, like like uh, Mass Destruction decks. But also sometimes just because it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say, whoever has this, like, the most expensive deck, automatically you have to all gang up on him for at least a couple rounds. But then again, I, I don't know if I feel about that because I could put every dual land in a deck. And this mm-hmm. deck now costs... Six thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and then everything else in the deck is absolute jank. You can do that, but I think most people who are going to put lands in their deck probably know what they're doing, or at least know enough to go and find what to do. I've I've seen video. I love magic players, man. I saw a video <laughs> of a guy. Uh, they were playing at like a vintage tournament or something like that. Or just like a friendly tournament. And this dude was shuffling up his his unsleeved deck. Mm-hmm. And he just casually drops like a Black Lotus. Jesus. And it, and the guy who was like recording it was just like, was that a Lotus? And the dude was like, yeah, what? It's just a card. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I, I love magic players, man. Yeah. You know, just. 
of all the games, you know, like I feel like if I'm if I see I'm just so tired of seeing pack ripping channels all over nowadays. Pack I know ripping. I'm getting you know, like like we've talked like about it a little bit earlier, but like pack opening things, right? Like yeah. Just Yeah, they're everywhere. Although they're everywhere kinda, now. I do like watching them sometimes. I, I don't get me wrong. There are times I like watching them, but there's one. I don't want to say the name of it to give them any kind of uh, support or anything like that, but they are streaming 24 seven. And oh. it's people's jobs just to rotate through and do box yeah. openings. Yep. That's ridiculous. But also you're a little jealous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And. It's I don't know. I, I'm getting off topic right now, but I I know I get I get your point. And like, I know that though, having those cards shouldn't necessarily make you arch enemy. Mm-hmm. But most of those cards are expensive for a reason. Very not as often does a card become expensive solely because of art and like just not ability to not find it right that happens but it's not as common as cards being really expensive because of super high demand because they're very good so deck price doesn't is not one to one but it definitely is a good first guess at how strong a deck actually is right i have 98 lands and one time twister I'm not saying it's one to one. I'm just saying. <laughs> sure, if you're an idiot. <laughs> 98 lands, Urza, and a mana drain somewhere in there. You probably still win. Probably. With Urza. <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah. I... So here's a good question. If you're going to go budget, mm-hmm. let's say hypothetically you decide to go budget. Are you picking a budget commander? Um, I think, like me personally, the commander is the one place that I don't go budget. I I like a blingy card. I like I'm a. Ta- blingy I'm talking commander. in general, like like, are you gonna put? Uh, let's think of like a a Mackenzie, right? A, an expensive commander in a budget deck, mm-hmm. or like, yes, I agree with you. When I when I when I go big, I go big in the commander slot. I like mm-hmm. the alternate art, foil, full art, nope. extended, all that. I think mm-hmm. I'd put that into you. A uh, probably, bit. yeah. Yeah. You saw the blinged out cards and you're like, that son of a bitch. Yeah. Why does his commander look so good? Ugh. <laughs> the rest of his cards I hate, but his yeah. commander. <laughs> uh, no, I agree with you. If if there's one card, and also like, man, when you when you buy cards on on, on like TCG player or other card kingdom or other trading sites. How much attention do you pay to to the to the condition of the card? So I I, I want to say this because when I when I buy cards, obviously if you can buy them for near mint, the better. Yeah. But you and I, we're not trading these cards, right? We're selling these cards. We're looking to buy these cards to put them in our decks. And oh, so I see. I see. A tip. Yeah. A tip. If you want to save money. It's okay to go down in quality of the cards a little bit on these sites, right? 95% of the time, medium played is perfectly acceptable. Yeah. 
you know, like unless you want, like, let's say, for example, Sliver Queen, mm-hmm. right? That card, if you wanted to buy that card near mint, you're looking at 300 plus. Yeah. If I I bought my Sliver Queen with a Sliver Legion, which at the time was expensive, but not crazy expensive, both of which were medium. It was before the reprints. Right. So it was before they reprinted Sliver Legion. That's the one that gives plus one, plus one for every sliver you have in play. Yeah. Yeah. I bought the Queen and the Legion for 140 bucks. Okay. Because I bought them medium played. Moderately played. I'm going to, I want to see that because I think you're right. Like, I'm fine. I usually, if it makes a drastic difference, I'm Mm -hmm. fine going down to like medium played. I feel like often though, it, um, if the card is like expensive, I feel like it's still out of my budget for like medium as well. It's, but, that's, it, but it depends on the card. Yeah, absolutely. And that's right. why I kind of want to look like Sliver Queen. She is so scarce now. You might have a hard time. But like, let's let's go look at like, um, what's a popular card right now? Let's go look at a like something mid tier. Obviously, a Mana Crypt is going to be expensive. Just yeah. End of the line, Mana Crypt is expensive. Mm-hmm. But let's go look at, like, let's say, I don't know, uh, Ancient, or, oh, ooh, here's, like, a good one. Um, oh, my gosh, why am I drawing a name on here? What's the card that recently got him banned that lets you tutor uh, Stoneforge Mystic? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, and you got to remember, a lot of the price of the cards is also dictated by other sets, or other other um <clears throat> uh formats so like modern vintage things like that sure right so if you look at if you look at like a near mint you're looking at like 18 19 20 dollars for a stone for stoneforge mystic mm-hmm. but then if you're looking at moderately played to heavily played oh those are both foil but if you look at like moderately played you're looking at like why is that one that much Okay, this might be a bad example. I feel like people would be scalping. People do be scalping. People be scalping on this website, man. I mean, yeah, but moderately played. I'm looking at it. It's like, like two bucks less. Oh, this one I, I saw a near mint for twenty five bucks and this one's eighteen. Yeah, so that's seven. That's a seven dollar difference right there. Yeah. Now and multiply <sighs> that by a hundred cards. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think some people are going to want to buy there's just people I'm sure who, even if, if they're trying to go budget, they want nice cards, no issues and moderately played probably seems like the wild, wild west of quality of like, it could be fine and it could be have a tear down the middle. I don't know. Like, but I think it's a good way to, to try and shave a few bucks off. I I, I like that. You know, here's, here's another good opportunity. Another one here. Right, let's look at, um, and this is actually especially good for older cards, right? Cards that haven't seen a lot of reprints. So, so for example, here is uh, Thoughtseize from the Lorewind printing. If you wanted to buy moderately played, $10.25 to $11 is the average. If you wanted to play near mint, you're looking at $19 to $20. Oof. Right. And that right there really makes a big difference. Yeah. And that's a real good way. And imagine like, you know, in, in my mind, 
I'm buying the card to play it. I'm not buying to resell. It may come a day where I want to resell it, but whatever. But I'm buying this card because I want to put it into a deck. Right. Okay. And if if I'm going to be buying a hundred cards, if I if I wanted to go big, let's say I wanted to buy of like so they just announced like a a a, a secret layer for Ridden Sari, mm-hmm. like a full deck. If I want to get the Ridden Sari as a face commander, I want it. I want that to be high quality because that's the only copy of Ridden Sari that I own. Yeah. Right. But let's say I wanted to buy Reliquary Tower. Something that basically goes in every single one of my decks. Yeah. Why am I buying that near mint? You know, you got me. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I have no reason to buy that near mint because I have like 10 copies of it. Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm with you on this. I think moderately, like like you said, for, for cards that are like not super expensive, but they're kind of up in like the, the more than a few dollars range. Yeah, dude, get moderately played. Who cares? Who cares if that little that that uh you know, little basic scry land has a little chip on the bottom, right, you know? Yeah, you're sleeving up anyway. And anyone who doesn't sleeve is a heathen. Yeah, true. You know? Also, I have like 80 scry lands. I would never buy a scry land. I've just got so, I've pulled so many out of my decks. Well, sure. If I ever have to. But you have but them. Yeah. Uh you can also a really good way you can I mean, if you're just getting started in magic, you can go online and buy like a bulk land box, which just comes with like 50 of each land for dirt cheap. Oh, I that's exactly what I did when I started. I still yeah. have it. I'm not done with them. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, I got so many lands in mine still. I bought yeah. like a 50 of each and I still I'm putting lands into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I like that one. I think that's a good one. Yeah, I when I when I go on TCG player and I say, all right, time to buy some cards. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, for example, I just I put together. Do you remember when we talked about the Carmen deck that I designed La Habanera? Mm-hmm. Oh. I built that deck. Yep. So it turns out I only had to buy like 11 of the cards. Yeah. Which great. Awesome. And a bunch of the cards are like a dollar or less. So at the end of the day, whatever. If mm-hmm. if I need to spend fifty cents to a dollar, and I'm also really good, I this is like a science to me. I will peruse myself through TCG Player to never get shipping fees. Oh, uh, like I I sit there and spend like an hour being like, well, if I buy this card from this vendor and I buy this card for one cent more, I save the ninety nine cent shipping. I love that stuff, man. What a what a nerd! I am absolutely a nerd. Yeah, I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I love doing that, especially on huge orders, because it becomes like a big puzzle. And I can see how low I can get the cost of the cards I'm buying. Yeah. You know? And. Yeah, so like one of the cards I had to buy was like a the most expensive card, I think, was like a Grave Pact or something like that. Yeah. And so I was I was looking through different printings, different orders. Also, like if you're on a budget. Why do you care what the art looks like? Unless you have a specific tie to an art, find the cheaper version of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or proxy. (laughs) That was going to be my final thing. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get to that one at the end. We'll get (laughs) to that at the end. Yeah. So, so yes, I I think obviously to be budget monitor, you know, monitor the, 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 the damage of the card. 
Um, and then I, I wanted to talk a little bit about budget as well before, and it, we we kind of said this before, but it's the whole concept of uh, you don't necessarily need to have a doubling season when uh, anointed procession exists, right? Maybe that's a terrible example because they're both expensive, but yeah. but for for example, right? Um, there's Infernal Grasp as a card. Mm-hmm. Right. Infernal Grasp is a $1 card. Destroy target creature, you lose two life. That's a great removal. Yeah. You know, like, why do you have to run Anguished Unmaking? Why do you have to run uh, uh, other removal spells? I'm really bad at words today. Yeah, what's I've, going I've, on, man? I've been on vacation too long. Yeah, we're, we're not, we're, we took too long, man. <laughs> Two weeks, killer. Yeah, yeah. Our show sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, there's part of the fun for me, too, when I'm building a deck is being like, can I make it work with this card? Can I keep this budget reasonable? Because it's easy. It's, in my mind, it's really easy to make an expensive deck. Yeah. It's hard to make a cheap good deck. Yeah. It's yeah, I mean you're you're not wrong. It's definitely a challenge. You can you can find so many expensive decks cuz people just are like I'm throwing money at the wall or people are just building decks ideas like off EDH rec and stuff like that and they're like here's this idea if I had infinite money. You could figure that out pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But f- like thinking of and finding ways around those expensive cards, yeah, you know, that takes talent. Correct. So I, I figured now for the next two hours, we will go through direct replacements of every single most expensive card. What do you think, Tim? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, like, here's a good example. I just I thought of this one because this is mm-hmm. one that actually until I stumbled onto the card because someone, you know, gave one to me a while ago. Look at, look at like wheel of fortune, right? The game Literally, no, no, no. The card dumbass. Mm. Everyone knows what wheel of fortune does. Why not run Magus of fortune, Magus of the fortune, you know, Magus of the wheel. There it is. It's basically a wheel of fortune, just on a creature still has the same effect. It's delayed by a turn, which is unfortunate, but you can still get that wheel effect. Yeah, true. You know, so right there, that's a $400 card as compared to a... Is it Wheel of Fate or Wheel of Fortune? I think it's Wheel of Fate. No, Wheel of Fate is the one that has Suspend 4. Oh, you're right, you're right. So, again, another good option there. Use Wheel of Fate. You know, that's the wheel of fate right now is three dollars. Do it, man. I like wheel of fate better than I like Magus of the wheel because Magus of the wheel feels like there's a very strong possibility you're not actually going to play him or he's not oh, going to get, get removed. His, yeah, but then he becomes removal bait, which True. in my mind is actually pretty good. Yeah, it's not that's not bad. You know, I wheel of fortune, I think, is one of those cards that like I think it's overpriced. Because of how, like, not printed it is. Not because of how good it is. I think Wheel of Fortune's an amazingly good card. I think it... Oh, it's probably shot down, actually. Does it do something other than... 
that just literally says all players must discard their hands and draw seven new cards. That's it. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's a very good card. Is it $400 worth of a card? I don't think so. Oh, no, it's only that price because of scarcity. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I was getting at is like it's not priced because of how strong it is. So absolutely. I, but it's a good card. Oh, yeah I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm not sorry. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it's overpriced. Tim, this card has been printed how many times now? Who? Wheel of Fortune? Didn't didn't it get reprinted in one of the things in Masters or something? Wheel of Fortune was printed in revised, unlimited, beta, alpha, and summer magic. What the hell is summer magic? Summer magic. Have a blast. I don't know what summer magic is. So it's had six reprints. It had a judge promo too, Tim. Yeah, uh huh. You want a beta Wheel of Fortune? $4,400. Talk about budget. An alpha edition one? $5,800. You know what would be the biggest Chad move? Wizards just goes, we're going to reprint the alpha set. Oh my god. No, never. (laughs) Well, no, didn't they do that with the stupid 30-year anniversary bullcrap? That was a money grab. Well, exactly. But could you imagine if they said, yeah, we're going to make a legal one. It's going to be in standard. Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Standard players would lose their mind, but also it would probably be the most attended, uh, oh, like, uh, weekend of, like, Magic's history. Honestly, though, like, with how much loss that Hasbro has reported, I wouldn't be surprised if Hasbro comes in as like, you know what? Get rid of the revised list or the banned list. No, preserve no absolutely. We're, we're like two steps away from Hasbro doing something as like idiotic as just like, hey guys, here are paid proxies. All the we're cards are already you... there. Do they do that? That's not 30th. Well, okay, yeah, but like <laughs> made to order, I guess. Oh, is my made point. to order? Yeah. Hi, hi, wizards. I'd like one black lotus, please. Yeah. And they're, and they're like, sure. $400, please. It's better than a hundred and eighty grand. It's DLC. Wiz- Magic is now DLC, baby. Magic is now DLC. <laughs> Magic is DLC. They just send <sighs> you a real-life loot box to your house. Oh, God. It's just, you open the box and just a fist. You know, I just made that joke, but I'm like, yeah, that's what they do. It's called a set booster <laughs> We haven't even talked about the new boosters coming out this year. They're called play boosters. I heard. Aren't they just combining like uh, a draft booster and a set booster? Let me let me go. Basically, yes. Let me go look it up. Because it's extremely confusing. Okay, it has 12 cards in it. So actually, if you're drafting, you get less cards. Okay, you ready? Okay, here's a play booster. Slots one to six commons, just straight up their commons. Slot number seven is a common or a card from the list. So the list is in all packs now. Slots eight to ten are uncommons. Slot 11 is a rare or mythic rare. Slot 12 is a land. Uh, basic lands, mostly. Hold a basic or common land from the main set. 
Slot 13 is a non-foil wild card slot. It can be anything of any rarity, so it's kind of just like a, haha, look, an extra rare, kind of like what Set Boosters had. Yeah. Slot 14 is a traditional foil wild card, so it's the same as slot 13, just foil. So there is a guaranteed foil in every pack. And then slot 15 is the non-playable token, you know, art card slot, yeah. essentially. So it's like a combination of the two. Mm -hmm. And then that may also contain booster fun at any slot. What the hell is booster fun? <laughs> Hold, please. This just reminds me of the Parks and Rec. Like, every time you drink a glass of water, you get sparkle points. <laughs> I'm actually reworking. I'm going through Parks and Rec. So good. I love Parks and Rec. So it doesn't say anything. It literally just says, there will, however, be an opportunity to get booster fun commons in this slot. Okay. <laughs> okay. There will be an opportunity to get booster fun versions. It can be booster fun, rare or mythic rare. What the hell is booster fun? I don't. Hold on. I'm just searching fun now. No, I don't. Whatever. Obviously, we have no idea what booster fun is, but it sounds like fun. Watch it be like it's, alternate art or something along those lines. Yeah, it's right there. But it's in, in the every name, it's in every single slot. So who how do we have any idea what it is? <laughs> booster anyway. fun. Anyway, all right, back to budget. Don't buy boosters. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't buy that is not boosters. budget. That is I, not a way to stick to your budget. I, I want to say Chris is a precautionary tale of him saying, oh, I only had to buy 11 cards. That was years of deck or of, of box buying. <laughs> fair. <laughs> uh, very fair. Yeah. <laughs> buy singles. That is the cheapest way to build a deck. Yes. Buying singles is always the cheapest way to build the deck. And honestly, here's a good point, too. Not a bad way to really start a deck. Buy a precon. Absolutely. I've I been saying talk about that. Yeah, we. Precons, 50 bucks, you're getting $100 worth of value in those decks. And they're getting better. They, they feel like they're getting better. They are. Like, they're, they're getting better at making focused decks. And I feel like focus, it means so much more in Commander than, than a lot of times just straight out price does. You could yeah. have a whole lot of nothing that's real expensive and shiny and, and looks cool that does absolutely fuck all on the field. Like, it's not... Yeah. Like, I, I honestly looked back. So they, they in, what is it, 2016, 2017, they printed the Eminence Commanders. Mm -hmm. And, like, don't get me wrong, those Commanders are bonkers. Yeah. But I don't know if just that base deck would hold up to one of the decks today. I know we constantly say, like, we have to go back and look for Dockside Extortionists and say that deck's yeah. going to be amazing bananas. But yeah, no. was not good at making pre-con Commanders back in the day. No, like the Ur Dragon precon is fine. It's fine. But Ur Dragon's what makes that precon good, not the oh, rest yeah. of it. Oh, Same Eminence with, is what makes it good. Uh, Eminence is insanely good. So yeah. yeah, like those those don't start with those. <laughs> those yeah, are we'll start with those. But but like if you were to get the Aowen deck, if you mm -hmm. were to get one of the decks from 
uh, Ixalan, really, any of those decks are actually pretty good starting decks. Yeah. No, I, I think um, the pre-cons are a great way to just have a solid deck that's probably going to hold its own against a lot of other people's decks. Yeah, I know we keep talking like how pre-cons, like on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, a pre-con, in everyone's opinion, lives in that 2 to 3 range. But I got to tell you, man, they're creeping up to 4. I, I was going to say, I don't, the Commander Masters ones definitely are not 2 to 3. They're oh, 4 yeah. to 5. It's like 4 to 5. The Enchantress Absolutely. deck is nutty. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Like they, I mean, obviously that was a premium deck, so I would expect sure. it to be better. Yeah. But even just the standard pre-con deck now holds its own pretty well. Yeah. That or you and I are just really bad at making decks. Well, two things can be true. <laughs> so, so I want to talk a little bit about as a budget player, how do you hold your own against not budget? So you talked about it a little bit with your friend, Adam where mm-hmm. he just immediately becomes the arch enemy. Yeah. Right. And just by the nature that, you know, that there are more expensive cards in his deck. Yes. I, I do want also, to clarify. He's, he's a good player too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. mainly also, he's a good player. So just <laughs> teaming up on him helps. But you know, mm-hmm. like you said, the more you play the game, the better you are, the more mm-hmm. cards you have. They, as you had said earlier, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think um, teaming up is obviously nice when you can do it. And also sometimes people don't want to team up on other people. They're like, no, I want to just, I'm playing, you're playing, we're all playing, politics is dumb. I think, <laughs> no, some people are like that. Some people hate politics. Solitaire, baby. I love it. Yeah, not not just, not even really solitaire, just more like, I've got a game plan. You've got a game plan. Don't sit there and be like, I won't attack you. If you do what you were going to do, man, look at me in the eyes, tap, punch me, tap out, (laughs) punch me. Um, I think, I think the big thing is focus. I think having a budget deck that is incredibly focused and, and tuned, not necessarily in the price department, but tuned in the synergy department. Well, you'll see worlds of of difference, but and that one holding its own. You you make a good point right now, and I think I want to say something. You let me know if this makes sense to you or not. Okay. The more expensive your deck, the more wiggle room you have in non-tuned strategies. I I I think that makes sense. Yeah. Right. I throw a mana crypt into a deck. I don't need to have another land in there. I could throw an Agadim's Awakening just because it's fun. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Or I can throw in something stupid just because it's fun. I'll throw in an omniscience. Yeah. If I I'm playing a budget deck, I don't have that luxury. The the big thing I think that gives I, I've said it once and I'll I'll say it again. I'll I'll keep saying it till my blue in the face. The biggest thing I think that impacts your deck's ability to to win and hold its own is tutors in my mind and things that basically drive you to your win con quicker than other than just pure draw. Like pure draw is great. It's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But who needs draw when I get to go hand select the card I need? And and if your tutors themselves are not all 
extremely expensive. There are a few that definitely are not budget, I would call them. But there's some cheap tutors in there that you could throw in there. And if you're really trying to compete with, like, your friend groups, just like, no, we have these decks, we're not going to build another one just because you're new. Well, tutors are easy to slot out, dude. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel. Like, if I'm playing a deck with tutors and my friends are like, that sucks, let's play again, I can take yeah. the tutors out pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. And and like I said, they're not super expensive. So if you're trying to hold your own, I think tutors just are are such a tutors again are also not going to necessarily win you the game, but they make your they make you playing the game that much more open because you can go mm. and find a response, you can go and find your win con, you can go and find some people tutor for lands because you're that starved for mana. It happens. People, we've yeah. all been there. Exactly. I I feel that pain. So, so I, I, it's, I think in my mind, a, if you're wanting to improve your deck building, build a budget deck because you're going to have a harder time building a well-tuned budget deck, but in doing so is going to make you a much better deck builder. I, I agree, but I want to throw like a little asterisk yeah because hear me out building maybe maybe not building what's what's brewing Brewing. you should brew decks right because building a deck and trying to figure out what works for you and what works for your play group is not budget if you have to keep changing it because it's crap so brew a lot yeah that's that's fair and and i will support you know if you're gonna brew a new deck and you're trying to be really budget Proxy it before you buy the cards. Absolutely, yeah. Right. Play it on on spell table or, or not spell table. Um, tabletop. Tabletop. Yeah. Tabletop do, do, sponsor us. Yes. Yeah, dude. Like, like play it virtually before investing in it because yeah. that'll just help you get a feel for it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's more fun to play in person. But I got to tell you, man. Biggest feel bad is buying an expensive card, and then it either doesn't help your deck because. It could have, but it ends up hurting you or you never get to play it because you're hated off the table. Yeah. Right. The the um, biggest feel bad I think I've had in Magic was the first five games of my Satoru Umazawa deck. I put so much love and and time into that deck and it got decimated. (laughs) Just got picked apart game after game. And mainly because, like, the strategy is very... It's very linear. Well, it's not just... It's not so much linear as it's very feast or famine. You're either going to win very quickly or you're just going to die. Yeah. And so I I think I had to play multiple... Many games of that. But, like, I get it, man. It sucks when you spend money and time and brain power into a deck and then you're just like, I feel like this might be crap. I, (laughs) I might be bad at this. Yeah, I mean, part of me is nice. Like, I know you bought a Blightsteel for that deck. And so part of you is probably like, cool, I own a Blightsteel. And yeah. so it's nice to have that Blightsteel. Mm-hmm. You know, in the event that you do take Umazawa apart, you still own a Blightsteel. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and with Magic, you know, there's fluctuations in price and things like that. But overall, the trend of price is upwards. Unless they decide to reprint blight steel colossus into the ground yeah right 
watch Blightsteel Colossus moving to Uncommon. You've heard it here. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uncommon, Uncommon. Blightsteel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it also only costs six. <laughs> it's, <laughs> six it's still an 11. 11 11. No, it's a, it's a six six, but it's got double strike. <laughs> oh, there you go. And trample. Yeah, obviously. 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 So. So, yeah, I. I I really think building budget improves your ability or designing or brewing budget. It's hard to actually, you know, brew a deck and not play it and see if it's any good. So I, I, I really do think, though, that brewing and trying and the best part about brewing a budget deck, a lot of the times you're probably going to have the cards already. Yeah, you know, like if I wanted to, I could probably put together a moderately okay deck in a pauper format for cheap, just with the cards I have. Oh yeah, pauper—that's the whole point, right? Is like not necessarily. I mean, there's expensive commons, sure, but like for the most part, most uncommons are going to be relatively cheap, and you might have pulled a lot of them and you just didn't realize it. Sure. Yeah, but it'll but give you some. The, yeah. Part of the nice thing is, I mean, like you said, it was a good point, right? Uh, mm-hmm. For my Carmen deck, I only had to buy 11 cards, but that's mm-hmm. because the other 900 I had or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, but I would say more than half of the cards from in that deck still are the cards from the pre-con. Yeah. The, the pre-con is good. Yeah. I, I, I love that point. And we've, we've been saying it every time we do the pre-cons. We're like, yo, if you are just unsure, get, get the it. pre-con, try the it pre-con. out. And then then upgrade it. That's a great budget way. Like then you only have to buy a couple expensive cards or you've got some expensive cards lying around that you haven't needed, haven't found a deck for. Exactly. So so definitely, definitely value in the precons. I mean, precons do a lot of really good, right? They they get more people in the game. It gets more reprints out there, which drive the price down. So like if look at the price, if you were to go look at the price now of like exquisite blood. It plummeted. Did it really? Is it is it below like ten bucks? No, it's not that low. It's um, the commander version is seventeen dollars. Market is fifteen, right? And this again, this kind of ties into that budget. If you if you were a madman and wanted to go buy the list or the jumpstart cards, you know those are twenty two, twenty three dollars still. But if mm. you don't care, you just want a copy of the card. Get the Commander Ixalan one. Yeah. It's still the same card. It doesn't do anything different. In fact, it's even literally the same art. There is nothing different other than the set symbol between these two cards. But but, but the set symbol. Oh my god, I didn't get the Avison Restored cover. Oh, okay. So I... We're coming up on on an hour here, so I think we should talk about our last point, and I think this is a good jumping off point. Oh, to the final. No, 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 no. like the last, the final point. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. If you have a group and they are not budget friendly, proxy, and if they give you, if they give you crap, punch them in the nads, man. Like, tell them to shut up. That implies that your playgroup are all males, Tim. I punch them in the nads, the gonads. Gonads are gender neutral. Are they? Gonads? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Time I to could be wrong. <laughs> Google Dairy Gonads. 
Hey, kids at home, Google gonads. Gonads. The testicles or ovaries. In either case, the pair of organs. Okay, so yeah, sure. That's news to me. I did not realize that gonads also refer to ovaries. But it is, I guess, binary? I don't know. Pun- punch them in the face. I, what if? What about people that are anti-face? Okay, look, I can't. I'm just I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but but seriously, if you've got a friend group that's like, if they have super high power decks and they're not letting you proxy and they're like judging you for it, maybe find a new. If 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 you rolled up to a table with a four thousand dollar deck mm-hmm. and just steamed rolled me, mm-hmm. you are. I will be sure as shit to be coming out the next time we play with some proxies. Hell yeah. As you should. Man, yeah. proxies I I understand there there's only one concern that I have with proxies and that it starts a, a cold war of cards, right? You yeah. now have access to everything and I think that causes the playgroup could cause the playgroup to to like avalanche down into into giant thousand dollar decks but it's all proxy so i get that you don't want to do cd cedh but if you're if your group is already playing with these decks you got to keep up you got to keep up so do it right <laughs> do it do it do it <laughs> right i i think i think there's something to be said for let's say i you and i play a game and i realize oh this new card came out I want to buy that new card to improve my deck a little bit. And then I now play you and I win and you go, oh, well, I got to make my deck a little bit better, Mm -hmm. you know? And so small tweaks like that within a budget, I think are perfectly okay. Like I'm constantly tinkering with my decks, reviewing them. Mm -hmm. Anytime a new set drops, I look to see what cards come from that set that could upgrade my decks, blah, blah, blah. Right. But then there's a difference between that and someone coming up and going, you know what? My deck could really use a Mox. Let's just slop a Mox Opal in here. Slop it in there, Chris. Slop it in. <laughs> let's just slap a Mox Opal. You know what? Let's just put Mox Diamonds. Of course my deck will be better with a Mox Diamond. It, of every course deck your deck's going to be better with that. Yeah. Like, like, why wouldn't it be? There's nothing bad about that. And so I think if you're going to do upgrades, I'm okay if you upgrade like your deck with something that is tied to the theme or specific to what that deck is trying to do. If you just slap a dual land in the deck as an upgrade, you're just being a dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now I say that with a deck with a dual land. <laughs> sure do, right? yeah. But but you like dick. if you if you build a deck <laughs> and then I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what my point I'm trying to get out here. If you have the dual lands, obviously you have the dual lands. You should play them. Mm-hmm. But don't go out of way. Uh, don't go out of your way to buy dual lands unless you really want them. I guess. I guess as a budget player, you don't have to get dual lands. Is what I'm getting yeah. at. I. I. And maybe it's just because it it has impacted me so little yet. Dual lands do not bother me. If you want to spend the money to have the dual lands, sure. You know, they're, like they're not they're not if they're not important in commander. They're not. No, they're really not. And like they're they're good. Don't get me wrong. They are inherently better 
than other dual lands, right? Because other dual lands have conditions, and other dual lands sometimes you you can't avoid that they come in tapped at all. Um, but uh, having two colored mana coming in turn one, oftentimes I feel like that isn't going to make or break the game. Uh, I'm sure let it me, has. Let me let me put an additional clause to what you're saying. I don't think dual lands matter that much in casual commander. Sure. Yeah. CEDH. In, in CEDH obviously having a dual land is better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But in a casual game where you're not really casting much until like turn three or four. Yeah. Congratulations. You have a duel. Yeah, I do too. Mine yeah, just came I, in turn one and we both didn't have a soul ring. And I just <laughs> saved $400. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And but like if you just like them and you want to own a piece of magic history and also put it in your deck, I I don't care. I'm more annoyed, not annoyed, but I'm more concerned about a mana crypt. I feel like that has way more implications on the game than a dual land. Yeah, like when I when I traded, um, when I traded for my duel, I gave away probably a like a, a value amount equal to what the dual dual land is worth. But I hope. but like I wanted it because I wanted a piece of magic history. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, the cards I traded away while good cards, I had, you know, I, you know, I was happy to trade them to, to the listener, to, to, to Ryan. And, you know, I've seen some of those cards. I know they went to a good home. I they didn't just go to a scalper. Oh yeah. Oh, although he could be, he could be, <laughs> I don't know. No, I doubt. I would be so surprised if he was. Yeah. And so, you know, so like being able to, to own that piece of magic history was important to me. Yeah, and yeah. and I think that's perfectly fine. And you putting that in one of your decks, honestly, is not going to scare me as much as like some did that, other. Cards did that make could. my deck any better? Not really. Which, which deck did you put it in? Squirrels. It's a Bayou. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> did it make my deck better? Deck not really. You, but it, like, <laughs> yeah, not really. But it's there because it's fun. It is cool, and now it's a piece of magic history in that deck. Yeah. Exactly. I, there's so many more annoying things in that squirrel's deck. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the lowest annoying thing. I would say get rid of the pitiless plunderer before the, the dual hand. <laughs> <laughs> They're equal value to Tim. Yeah, seriously. Dude, pitiless plunderer actually, when the reprint came out, shot down. Good? Well, good, but also now I'm scared that he's going to be showing up more because oh, he'll he's be so everywhere. Good. Yeah. Uh, final tip, too. If you're looking for a good price on stuff, do not buy release weekend. Oh, Don't, absolutely. Do not pre-order cards. Wait for the cards to come out. Wait for all the scalpers to open their boxes. Wait for the shops to open their boxes. Then buy like a couple weeks later after the prices go down. I think someone was just talking about it in the Discord of um, Oh Her Talk. It yeah. started off at like a $40 card. It's like below 20 now. Yeah, still expensive, but like a fraction of what it was. Exactly. So, yeah, that's I guess that's all I got to say about budget. I'm sure there's going to be more in the future for us to talk about this because we are casual commander. Mm, Tell your friends Mm, and not (laughs) and not spend a lot of money, commander. Yeah. That was dumb. That was. (laughs) Tim, we haven't done one in a while. Anti-sponsor. It's <sighs> a good question, Chris. Good question. Can we? We've done scalpers already. I know we've talked about. We've scalpers. done scalpers multiple times. I know we've 
done the weather, but like it's been really annoying me recently. Oh, I love this weather, man. I love it's, the cold. No, not not the cold. The, the it's going to be rainy. Like it's flooding tomorrow. Didn't you hear? Oh yeah, it floods every day. It rains here. <laughs> well, that's fair. But I, it's going to be worse tomorrow. All right, fine. We can talk about Epstein's list. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Hawking, what happened? I'm just kidding. We don't have to talk about that. Oh, God. Nah, we're not going to do that. Uh, Meet me after the pod. Meet me after the pod. (laughs) Anyone who wants to talk about that, feel free to join our Discord. (laughs) Yeah, more hot uh, hot goss, or not hot goss, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hot topical, topical. Thank you. Topical. We should really. We have the channel. We have a channel for non MTT jet in Discord. Oh yeah, yeah. People talk mainly. They've been talking about uh, the Star Wars miniseries. Yeah, or not miniseries, but like the 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 non movies series. I know what I want to do. We're not doing an anti sponsor. I'm doing a shout out. Oh god. There is a game that, in between playing Magic, I'm really, really, really getting into. And it is by Atomic Mass Games. It is called Star Wars Shatterpoint. Oh, god same, damn it. Same company that does Legion, <laughs> same company that does X-Wing, same company that did Armada, same company that does Marvel Crisis Protocol. It is a tabletop miniatures Star Wars skirmish game. And Tim, I tell you what. I am having a lot of fun with this game. He won't stop talking about Every, it. You sound like Evie. Yeah, go start a podcast with someone about it. I can't listen to this anymore. Tim, I've been trying to get you to play with me for a couple weeks. I know. <laughs> no, I, I told have... you I needed to be on a week uh, weekend because after work, I'm like, I don't know if I'll like war games, but I know for a fact after work, I'm not going to want to put my brain into it. That's fair. Yeah. I think you should read the rules before we play. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I can do that in yeah. my downtime. But it's a really fun game. It's got this cool, like, back and forth uh, objective control thing going on. It's got some, like, pretty neat, interesting mechanics when you do damage to characters and things like that. All the all the models, I mwah, the models are just really good, really well detailed. They've been a lot of fun to paint. I haven't painted a miniature in, like, six years. And so getting my hands on some bits... Ah, oh, some bits. I miss the bits. <laughs> oh, God. You know, getting that nice plastic sprue, the wire snippers, cutting out, getting the, the super glue on your fingers. Oh, man, it feels good. And they've announced this year we're getting Ewoks. You have mentioned the Ewoks. Yes. So shout out to Atomic Mass Games. If anyone wants to talk about Star Wars Shatterpoint in the Discord, I would gladly. I will give it a try. It cool. does not. Uh, it does not scare me like Warhammer does. This game is way more approachable than Warhammer. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. The most amount of dice I roll at a time is eight or nine. Not that's still a lot. <laughs> not seventy. What? <laughs> In Warhammer, dude, you've never played orcs, baby. Oh my god! Okay, we roll up with a squad of thirty boys, green tide, each getting two attacks on the charge. Mm. 
Mm, mm, you are you are pulling up a bucket. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so good. And then only seven like is still days. a lot of that. That just reminds me again of Parks and Rec of Ben just rolling a handful of dice and be like, eighty-two. Cool. A lot of options. <laughs> the difference is though, this game makes sense. That's fair. It's Tones about the tones. Doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> But no, uh, it's it's really fun. It's a it's a skirmish game. So if you ever if you ever heard of Kill Team or Necromunda or really Marvel Crisis Protocol, same kind of feeling. Just Star Wars. I think my the, what draws me most about it is I don't have to do anything. Chris has literally every yep. expansion at this point. That's not true. Actually, I have most. less than half of the expansions. Really, only less than okay. Mm-hmm. But every time I get, I get paid, I get another one. <laughs> Here we go. Don't tell yeah. Evie. Oh, she knows. Yeah, she does. Speaking of, why don't we do some plugs from Evie? Thank you for listening to Casual Commander. Give us a follow on Facebook and Twitter for weekly magic content. We also have a Discord and Patreon, so be sure to check those out as well. Links can be found at casualcommanderpodcast.com. See you next week. Thank you, Evie. And yeah, good luck to everyone. A lot of really, really fun sets coming out this year. Looking forward. I think um, the day we recorded is the day Morrow did his teasers for uh, Murders of Karlov. So I think we'll have a set review of that coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, We will likely have, I'm traveling next week, so there'll be a guest on the pod. Surprise. I don't know who it is yet. We're not going to say who. (laughs) Oh, I don't. Yeah, I know who it is. I definitely won't won't be winging it. (laughs) And yeah, looking forward to another fun filled year of commander talk with you, Timmy. Yay. One more year. One more year. 96 more years, Tim. Oh, gee. Uh, We'll see. Oh, geez. Are you the Morty to my Rick? I think you'd like to think that. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm too dumb for Rick. I mean, we both are. Neither of us are Rick. We're both That's Morty. True. That's true. <laughs> we're so both. If you, no, we're both Jerry's. Oh, no, I'm not a Jerry. <laughs> we're both Jerry's. Hmm. No, oh. I definitely don't think I'm Rick, but I don't know that I'm Morty either. Or Jerry. You're a Summer. I'm okay with that. You're Space Beth. Oh, that I'm definitely okay with that. <laughs> cool, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, until next week. I'm Chris. And I'm Tim. And this is Casual Commander. And we love you.